Hello and welcome back to the Into the Adultverse podcast. Today's episode is on aging and longevity, and I guess it couldn't have come at a more opportune time, seeing as I'm turning 22 next week and seriously reconsidering, you know, how much I've accomplished with my life at this age. But <laughs> uh, actually, that's one of the myths we're trying to dispel with this episode and really focus on, you know, how aging affects all of us as human beings what are different interpretations of aging are in society, as well as some of the science behind, you know, increasing the lifespan of humankind. So hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. Um, I definitely enjoyed it and it gave me a great chance to reflect on things. So see you on the other side. Amazing. All right. So welcome back young kings and young queens to the Into the Adultverse podcast. So we're talking about aging today. Not a fan. I'm not a fan of getting old. Um, Can say it's bottom five things in the universe. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Um, I, I, I know I like, uh, well, to be fair, I can't even say I like being young and healthy because I'm not really healthy right now. My back hurts all the time. Oh, um, man. University has been taking a huge toll, as I'm sure many <laughs> of you can relate. But, you know, we're not talking about all that. I mean, I guess we are. But, you know, I thought we could break the episode in. I just so happened, like right when we started the recording, to remember a fantastic quote about aging. And it's a little more inspirational. We're not really talking inspiration. But mm-hmm. the quote goes, Life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty and well-preserved body, but rather to skid and broadside in a cloud of smoke, thoroughly used up, totally worn out, and loudly proclaiming, Wow, what a ride. And, you know... that's a great quote yeah. great quote to start it off with it really um, puts things into perspective yeah. yeah i know like i think too many people are playing life a little too safe and that's boring that's way too boring there's just way too much beauty and mystery and majesty just in life um if any of you have traveled like anywhere else in the world i know a lot of us can get caught up in our bu- like bubbles over here up in north america especially if you're over here like brampton is a horrible place to just spend your entire life please <laughs> i pray if you are a resident of brampton please just go out and at least go explore toronto or something um anyways i digress you had to come for your own city in the, <laughs> the episode like that man. come on <laughs> i don't know man like it's just there's a lot of work that needs to be done in the city um definitely yeah, yeah. it's flower city right yeah i mean there's definitely i mean that could be a start there could be more flowers isn't isn't Brampton the city of flowers? I swear that's like it is it is it is like, flower yeah, city, yeah. but I don't know but where the hell be, you're saying they're. <laughs> I don't know where they got the name <laughs> from. Bro. There's like no flowers over here. Yeah, we're getting sidetracked right at the start, but you know it's cool. We're young, and reckless. So yeah. back to the episode though. Fud, I mean, like you've been aging for quite some time now. You're a little. I mean, I guess I've been aging for longer than you have. I'm a year older. <laughs> um, let's all wish Fud a happy early birthday though. It's next Thank week. You. So thank you, I appreciate it. Um, what are your thoughts? Like, how's aging been for you so far, dude? It's a it's a really weird time because twenty one is supposedly the peak of human existence, right? Like, people are like, twenty one is your prime time, you know? It's the peak physical body. After that, things start going downhill. I mean, that's twenty one is when you know you're not married. You have a lot of freedom in terms of you know whatever marriage entails. The opposite of right. Mm-hmm. Um, twenty one is it's supposed to be a very interesting and free and like. You know, youthful time, and I haven't been doing that much exciting things recently, uh, mostly because of COVID and, and school and things like that. And so it really puts it in perspective, like you know, maybe maybe aging is something that 
we really have to stop thinking of in terms of these little boxes and like specific years at which we're supposed to be doing things. And maybe aging is just a, a lifelong journey to throughout different stages of your life, right? Um, and actually, interestingly enough, um, I didn't think of this at all when I was in prep for this episode, but this is a, a conversation that I've, I've had with a couple of friends, but it's really interesting how people are like, oh, you know, you're young, you're supposed to be doing this. And like, you're supposed to be doing that. And like, you know, you're supposed to be enjoying this and you should be living like this right now. Right. And yeah, when I was young, when I was like, or I guess I'm still young relatively, but you know, when I was younger, 17, 18, I would look at people who are like 21 and like 22 and be like, damn, like these people really stay inside. Like it's Friday night. Like <laughs> you only have one or two more years to party. Like just go party like all the fucking time. Right. And I don't know, recently, obviously I haven't been able to party because of COVID, but recently something I've been thinking about is, it's kind of nice how like to stay indoors and just like spend a night in with friends and like play board games or like watch a movie, drink some wine, you know, that type of thing. Oh, Not like necessarily throwing a thrasher. And I, at first I was like, what? Like I'm getting old. Like this is shit. Like I'm past my party years. Like what the fuck is this? Right. But then the more I think about it, the more I'm like, wait, like why is that necessarily like a worse thing or a less exciting thing? Like it's just something that I now enjoy a little bit more than I used to. Right. For sure. And that's just part of aging. I think like people really get caught up in like, oh, well, like, once you graduate university, like, there's not really anything to look forward to except having kids, right? Like, no, like, you know, there's still a lot of things to look forward to, and the way that you start looking forward to them and the things that you consider look worth looking forward to really, really change as you get older. Mm-hmm. Like, now I get super excited, like, you know, thinking of a good night in, like, watching a movie with the boys or something like that, right? Absolutely. And so, yeah, that kind of sums up my relationship with aging so far. It's been an interesting ride. You know, you come to terms with a lot of things, uh, but really, you realize that there's a lot of beauty in every stage of life. And I'm excited for the future stages out there. Cheers to that. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess aging really is an acquired taste. Or at least life itself. <laughs> <laughs> I think a good way to start off, as with anything, is to define what we're talking about. Um, because I think it's important to be specific about these things. So for sure. What exactly we're talking about with aging. Um, and aging, scientifically speaking, is the progressive event-dependent decline in the ability to maintain biochemical or physiological function. So that's ba- like the basic bare-bones biological definition of aging, as opposed to longevity, which is the length of the lifespan independent of the biological aging process. So one thing, key thing to keep, consider here is uh, I think this relates a lot to things like quality of life. Aging itself is the progressive decline in the ability to maintain biological physical function, i.e. like your actual ability to be alive and like perform regular functions that, you know, most human beings can function. Um, And then longevity is the lifespan. So you can have a really, really long lifespan, but, you know, have aged quicker than it and stay in the higher age kind of lifespan for for a greater proportion of your lifespan, right? That's where you do that. Uh, So you could have... um, a higher biological age than what your actual age is and maintain that age throughout, you know, later stages of your lifespan. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's just important because you know how people say that they're old souls or like, you know, they feel like they're older than they are. Yeah. Like technically I think that's totally possible. Like you can totally be like an old person and still be a young age and maintain that like kind of elderliness. Right. Mm-hmm. If you like decline in certain physical capabilities or like, you know, excitement, mental capabilities, things like that. So I think it's like an important distinction to, to make in the beginning. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, uh, I mean, this is a little tangent again, but um, developmental age versus uh, biological age is a big thing too. Um, there's a yeah. lot of people that look old, but aren't necessarily able to keep up um, in, in a psychological sense. 
aging is a weird thing uh, when it comes to that. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think one important thing to note too is like our idea of what old and young is has changed dramatically throughout, you know, like the history of the human species. I was actually looking at a graph showing the average lifespan of a human being on Earth throughout the years, and it's insane how exponentially, like how exponential that function is. Like in 1770, for example, when around when America was founded, the average age of a human being or average lifespan of a human being. Throughout the entire world, not not even just in America, was 28 years old. Um, Damn, that's insane. 28 years old. That Damn, means yeah. I'm expected to expecting if I was the average human on the world in you know 200 years ago to die at in six years. Like that's insane. Um, and that that has changed quite dramatically. Um, and so in the 1900s, 100 years later, that had only gone up to 32. So by four years, right? Uh, by 1950, so 50 years later, that had gone up to 45 in 13 years or sorry uh by 13 years uh and then by 2000 it was 68 um which is all like more than a double increase in the last century alone right and now in 2020 we're sitting at about 73 that's the average lifespan of somebody on earth uh the u.s encounter a little bit higher with you know the u.s being 78 uh canada being 82 and a half for men uh and or sorry 82 and a half for men and uh for women about 84 which is really interesting, actually, that there's such a, a big difference in lifespan expectancies. But, yeah, it's important to keep in mind, too, what is old has really, really changed throughout the years. Yeah, I mean, like, back in Shakespeare's time, you'd be a full-blown father by this point, right? Or, yeah. or a failure to your family, like one of the two. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any of those numbers surprise you, by the way? Like, were you expecting those, not expecting those? Well, I was kind of familiar with the numbers. Um, yeah. Like, even back from, like, um, just learning it in school. It yeah. is interesting, though, seeing how dramatically and how quickly um, our life expectancy has increased in the, if you're looking at a more like microscopic scale. Um, mm-hmm. But there's also an important thing to keep in mind, which is that just having a longer life expectancy doesn't necessarily correlate um, to a like healthier life during that time as well. So that's kind of like what we're grappling with right now is how can we increase healthy life expectancy like quality of life yeah yeah with the with a healthier quality of life because i mean i wouldn't want to live longer if it meant suffering for an extra two three years definitely and that's that's and it's also interesting how you know the the better we get at and more robust that we um build our science the more that the issue of death seems to be a technical issue which is Mm -hmm. it's just i don't know it's like we're we're transcending our biological bounds and that it's really interesting to see where we start to and this well so we're this is getting a little high level we're kind of detracting away from the main issue but where we start to lose our humanity like where do our biological shackles end and where do we start transitioning into the realm of homo deus yeah 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 for those of you who read the book great book yeah um but yeah no super super interesting question like that's exactly what i thought like looking at the graph too like you know if you extrapolate this trend even exponentially or linearly like like when does it end like how old are we going to get before you know like life expectancy seems to plateau or taper off um and what would that mean for humans like you know what will those older ages look like like will we be uploaded to some sort of like you know computer where our minds are living but our you know biological bodies have long since 
cease to exist and function properly mm-hmm. will we be uploaded into like a new body or like will we live in a hard drive with our memories intact waiting for people to like you know like read them like books like in a library right like what will that look like that's i think it's such a such an interesting conversation um i had a little discussion question on that actually would you want to upload your consciousness but have no body and why I've given it a little bit of thought, but not enough to give a confident answer on. But we don't necessarily, as humans, want to live forever. We just want the ability to be able to call it quits or just know that we can call it quits when we want to. And that's, you know, that makes light of the issue of, say, for example, we were immortal and we can choose when to kind of pull the plug. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would necessarily make the decision to do that easier. Or at least not just like thinking uh, about it from the top of my head, because you know, say, I mean, it's just yeah, just like thinking about it now. Like, say for example, you were I don't know, you're two hundred years old and you've had a good run at it. When it comes time to actually making that choice, are you gonna be ready to do that? Because like even at that point, right? Like, like death is a a given part of life right now. Like we accept it. It's still tragic, but, you know, we kind of move on with it. At that point, when we are immortal, does death become more tragic become, because it's rare in the population, in the species? Mm. Mm. That's a really good question. Has death, like, lost some of its normalcy and become more of, like, a big deal because we see loss of it in our day-to-day? Mm. Like, the average human being, by the time they were 25, you know, if average lifespan was 28... They would have seen a lot of death by the time they were 25. A lot of their close friends, you know, possibly like issues in childbirth, you know, stillborns, things like that. Like rates of, of those were much, much higher, obviously, when um, when human beings were in the 1770s. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, would they have had a different perception of death? Would they have thought that death was like a lot more of a natural part of life? I don't know. Like, I guess maybe this is too personal, but like, have you experienced a lot of death in your life? I personally haven't. And like that that which i have it hasn't been anybody that's been close to me so i can't say i've been tremendously distraught by any death close to me yeah yeah it's an interesting question so like i think that's a good example of yeah i mean i think most people in i mean obviously we're speaking from very very privileged backgrounds and very privileged like countries yeah where life expectancy is higher you know violence is lower you know uh maternal care is much like higher quality and things like that so we don't have to experience as much death but yeah like what is our relationship with death and has that suffered as a human species because of this like are we even more scared of it um yeah i don't know it's it's just an interesting question in general i can answer myself too i think i would i wouldn't uh upload my consciousness because i think it would be almost like and maybe call me old-fashioned call me you know a heathen of the the og tribal days of human beings but I just think living without a body and living without an indefinite with an indefinite end might just eventually drive me insane and personally, I'd rather be dead than be insane than a prisoner <laughs> to my mind. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's probably the reason I wouldn't. But I think that question starts to change when you can upload a consciousness and a body, right? What if you, you know, could just, like, be transplanted into a young body again and continue your life? But like would you, I mean, we grew up with the, and so we'll, I promise you if you're listening, we'll go back to the initial topic they were talking about. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, so we grow up with this body right like that you have right now that i have right now and we've associated this as part of our identity if at that point we are able to just arbitrarily throw on any body would we really assimilate that as 
part of our identity or is it just like mm. oh it's like another pair of shoes it's like another shirt i can throw on i think we could and hear me out i think that humans are able to already assimilate parts of their body and humans are extremely adaptable to parts of their body that go that are changed dramatically like for example like you know there's multiple instances of people who have had like you know plastic surgery um you know prosthetic limbs um you know huge bodily changes people become paralyzed and so really don't really have a semblance of their body mm -hmm. people have extreme burns on their faces who like i think somebody had a full facial transplant recently which was incredible right so there have already been cases of people adapting you know a biological change in their body to their you know quote unquote like psychological identity and so i think we would be able to do that i think humans are more than enough like adaptable enough to be able to do that but if it becomes something like changing clothes, like if you could change your body every day, would that be different? Yeah, I definitely think that would be different. Like, I think we could come to terms with like a long-term change your body. Like let's say you die and you get another body for like 80 years. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that would be different. And what is that relationship between your body and your mind? And how does that change as you age, right? Like self-image is a big thing that changes as you age. Obviously, you know, the media has like the ideal male body and that's, that's not, you know, an 80 year old's body typically right um or at least in north america it's not maybe in other societies it is but um how does that relationship with your body and self-image change as you age yeah. have you felt that change for yourself for example yeah i mean i mean this is getting a little more personal but um yeah it's only I like to keep it personal <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's what we do here yeah i mean like, it's only more recently and that i've gotten more into fitness in my life so yeah. you know getting to a point where I was more proud of like, the body that I had, like the mind that I was cultivating through like the healthy practices that I'd be embodying. Um, yeah. Of course, like, that's starting to slip a little bit, like being back in school. Um, shout out Zoom University. <laughs> but like, I have this image of like my, my best self. And that's what I'm like kind of working towards. And getting a little taste of it is so motivating. Like seeing... Um, over the summer where I was taking fitness seriously, um, yeah. seeing like where my body was then, you know, it made me really inspired to keep that journey up. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a hundred times easier to keep going than it is to start over. So oh, absolutely. even just now, like when, even though I am slowly slipping into more un unhealthy habits, I'm still gonna bit by bit, little by little, um, squeeze in, you know, like little workouts or just conscious eating where I can so that mm -hmm. I don't have to start all over again. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 That was a really interesting segue. But yeah, I think, yeah, fitness and relationships like that as you age become more and more important. I think a big thing like people do is they assume that they can get by in their younger years. And that assumption doesn't necessarily hold true always because you assume things until you're 30 and then you're 35 Oof. with high blood pressure, right? Yeah. Which is pretty young to have a high blood pressure, honestly. So, um, yeah, I think aging and fitness and health also have a lot of interrelationships and interdependencies between them. Mm. Aging is also a classic example of, you know, where, like, long-term investments can pay dividends. Like, dividends. Like, you know, the difference Absolutely. between somebody who takes care of their skin and somebody who doesn't when they're 80 is a lot higher than when they're 21. Or mm -hmm. somebody who takes care of their body and, and health and, and fitness versus when they're a lot older those differences are a lot more you know explainable and, and obvious and so i think that's a really important thing to consider as you age yeah yeah i think just like li listening to you talk about that um i think when it comes to investing i think i might be looking to invest in some like maybe health tech companies in the future that are looking at yeah. um like 
eye and hearing problems because like you know look at our generation we constantly have our eyes glued oh to a screen God. we constantly our have headphones waves exactly yeah. and blasting music right like we oh, yeah. let me turn your volume down real quick yeah <laughs> no, i'm joking i can't imagine living life with tinnitus Oh my god! You know that that's actually one of my biggest fears. Ringing in your ears, dude. I came across the Wikipedia page for tinnitus, and I literally had a, a night of anxiety. I was like, "Holy! I've been to hella concerts. Yeah. I blast my music in the yeah. shower. I blast it in the car. I literally reached the limit of my car speakers every time. I don't have a car, but my mom's <laughs> car. Um, anytime I drive it, right? And that's insane. Like that's really dangerous, actually. So, yeah, great that you mentioned that. Uh, yeah, I just got a wave of anxiety again, but thank you. <laughs> What do you think of ageism in an aging population? Like as as we've been getting older as a population and as technology is progressing faster and faster and faster, I feel like the older generations that are present here that are being kept alive by some of this technology are actually, you know, having a lower quality of life because they're unable to enjoy, you know, what most of the world is enjoying as a younger population. Because, you know, as the saying goes, it's harder to teach an old dog new tricks. And, you know, a lot of elderly people do struggle with this technology because it's not something they've grown up on. Like, they don't grow up on Instagram worrying about, you know, their social media presence and things like that. So how do you think ageism is present and how do you think that would be, like, an increasing problem in sort of society as people, you know, start living longer and technological innovation just gets faster and faster? So I think it's an interesting question because... I think the answer is going to be largely shaped by what kind of culture and what kind of society you're growing in. Um, in a lot, in a lot of Eastern cultures, elders are revered as you know these wise, sagacious, sagacious um, individuals. While I, it, it's sad to say, but like in, I've seen a lot of um, folks you know in Western culture who, you know, they just see the elderly as just more a detriment or like. Um, like having to tend to children almost kind of thing right like Mm -hmm. it's it's a hassle um and so i think that societal um perceptions of elderly will definitely be changed by that but also i think it's important to note that you know things like dementia are not a natural part of aging and i think that's a common Mm -hmm. misconception um you Mm -hmm. are you should be like the brain is remarkably plastic and if you keep challenging yourself, um, engaging in intellectual activity, then you should be cerebral well into your life. And, you know, you see some academics who still publish papers, you know, well into their life, um, which mm-hmm. is crazy to see. So I think so long as we are conscious about keeping healthy, keeping our mind as well as our body healthy as we age, then mm-hmm. you know the elderly will be looked at towards um you know as symbols of just wisdom you know that that's the thing like experience tends to be the hallmark of wisdom um mm-hmm. so as someone who's lived you know pretty much everything like you know we've already gone through a global pandemic now you know i feel like i'm i don't know if i'm necessarily wiser for it but i'll probably be able to extract some wisdom out of this definitely i look um, up to you as my elder for sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah you know as you should as you should um, but yeah what, really what do you think though? Place. um yeah i don't know i think it's interesting and i almost have a cynical viewpoint on this to be honest where 
I've already started felt like I've already started feeling instances of technological backwardness almost like not even TikTok. Like that's an example. A lot of people might, I think, you know, a little bit older than me used like, Oh, I just got on TikTok and I feel so old. Like not even that, but like just smaller things where, you know, there's like a feature, like, did you know you could reply in iOS, like iMessage? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been doing that. Dude, I didn't know that until like two months ago. Like, how am I lacking on this feature? And how did no one in my social circles <laughs> ever use this feature? Like, I accidentally what? discovered it because like I was so used to doing it and like other social media apps. I accidentally tried yeah. to do it in iMessage one time and it just it let me. I was like, and oh, you okay. could, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome, yeah. But yeah, like little things like that, and then you know even things with like skeuomorphic design, for example. Um, what is that? I don't know if you remember. So okay, skeuomorphic design is a design pattern or principle where you use like on touchscreens and in technology and stuff like that you use elements that are reminiscent of old technology in order to ease the transition into something. Oh, so, okay. Interesting. I don't know if you record, like I record personally with GarageBand and in GarageBand, for example, they have dials for compressor, EQ, mids, trebles, basses. There aren't dials on your computer. You don't need a dial. You can literally type in a number if you wanted, right? But they right. have the dial because it's reminiscent of, you know, audio equalizers of the past where you could t- turn a dial and change voltage based on the position of the knob right right um, and that voltage would then change the actuator blah 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 um and for example the okay. first few iphones like the notes app looked like a notepad right the camera looked like a camera the um you know uh i'm blanking on the other examples but there are definitely a lot of examples where you know a specific app was like reminiscent of another app right or mm-hmm. a physical product and we've really, really moved away from that, for example. Like, you know, now buttons are all flat because people know that a back button should be in the top left corner. And so all they have to do is put an arrow. They don't need to make it look like a button that says back because people know that that's the back button. Right. right. And they've yeah. gotten used to the idea of technology. And so Apple has, like, moved to flat design and material design rather than skeuomorphic design. Um, and so have a shit ton of other companies, pardon my language. Um, oh, that's and interesting. So it's, yeah, it's really yeah. interesting, I, I guess, because... You know, once you like when at what point does that assumption like start being accurate and who are you leaving behind by making that assumption? Right. Mm. When you start saying like, oh, I think enough people understand this so we can move away from that skeuomorphic design. Well, who are you discluding in the enough? Right. And what is enough and less access to technologies that, you know, are actually changing the future and changing today and who doesn't. Right. Because, you know, sometimes we think of like, for example, Twitter is a great example. Um, where at Twitter, we, you know, really want to serve the public conversation. And the public conversation should include everyone. It's the public, right? Everyone right. should have a right to the, to an opinion on things. But who is on Twitter? Like, let's not be, you know, let's not beat around the bush. I don't think your grandmas are all on Twitter. Um, and so their voices are, you know, effectively neutered in that sense, right? Where Or in that slice of public conversation. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, how do we approach problems like that? I think is really, really important. Because I don't want to be 85 and have a ton of viewpoint and knowledge and wisdom to share, like you said, but not be able to share that in any way. So, yeah, it's just, I mean, like, wouldn't I would assume that, like, by that point, um, you know, technology will, well, first of all, we'll probably have a microchip Im- embedded in our head, anyways, that will, you know, but, kind of allow for intuitive mm-hmm. use. Oh, sorry, yeah, but, yeah, I think you're right, but, like, the problem is. You know, technology has always existed, right? Like, mm. to some people, like, That's to true. our parents' generation, like, their grandparents or our grandparents' grandparents were like, oh, what are these phones? Like, they're so weird to use, right? So, like, I'm, I'm saying, like, that's just going to increase as you go along. Like, what if, like, like, for example, the back button, like, when you try and teach your grandma that this is the back button, it's really confusing for her, right? Because she doesn't really mm. understand how the back button works. 
what if like for you back button was thinking a specific thought right and you didn't understand how to think that specific thought because you didn't really understand how to communicate with the microchip in your brain and your son was like dad dude it's so fucking easy just think back and it'll go back but you're like oh well how do i think back in this specific way so the microchip picks it up right that's like basically the same thing right and i'm saying like that's just going to continue to happen regardless of the medium of technology we use there's always going to be instances like that or what if back is like a flick of your eyelid and you have to do it in a specific way right for the facial recognition technology to like notice that you want to go back in the vr world that you live in now right so right things like that like the, i think those things are just going to continue to happen they're always going to you know have a be regressive in nature because elderly like won't be able to you know do those things as, or won't be as used to doing those things do you think that because oh, okay like let's look at um current events right so COVID is yeah. kind of exacerbating certain transitions into um, like certain autonomous technologies. Um, you know, people are downsizing their workforces, opting for automated ways to do the same kind of routine tasks. So there is kind of like a call for um, companies to invest in their employees such that they will help them um, basically transition and learn new skills. Like they're, they're going to kind of hold their hands through it, right? And, you know, there's some pushback. Like people are saying, you know, I'm already old. I'm late into my career. I don't need new skills. But, yeah. you know, kind of barring that, because, you know, they're going to transition out of the workforce eventually. Do you think there's going to be that kind of like ethos built up where, you know, especially looking like, I mean, like look at the the state of tech, right? Like every, the, this, the rate of turnover is incredibly high. Like people are constantly mm-hmm. um, moving from company to company um, from role to role and learning new tasks to be able to do that. Do you think that given the advent of um, accessibility of learning modules, we, our generation will start to grow on that and, you know, be immersed in this ethos of training ourselves and seizing and constantly a constantly adapting. Yeah, yeah of, our own, uh, of our own learning like that. Like, if, if we do manage to do that, then what you're mentioning about... Um, you know becoming mm-hmm. kind of obsolete becomes less of an issue yeah i think there's definitely a role for that uh, my only concern with that is that that's reactionary nature right yeah you're reacting to a change so you're never really proactive about that. it's very hard to be proactive about that and also you have to have an extreme level of privilege in terms of access to things right that's true like yeah. some people don't even know these things exist right um and for example like if you know my dad didn't have you know, daughters that were on TikTok, he wouldn't know that TikTok exists because most of his media doesn't even like talk about TikTok. So like, how can you be well-versed in something that you don't even know exists, right? And so there are like instances like that that exist. And I think that, yeah, I think you're right in general of like, you know, we've definitely built a culture where, you know, this is more important than it used to be. Like, okay, maybe in the 1770s or I don't know when the telephone was invented, like 1880s, you can use a phone, like that's okay, right? Uh, and, and maybe there were, like, you know, some efforts to, like, retrain people and, like, get in the habit of using them, but it wasn't that serious. Um, and so hopefully that, that increases with things like learning modules and retraining and, and, and the tech industry and things like that. But I don't know. I still just have, like, a sneaking feeling that it's just going to get harder and harder from here on out because the rate of technology, as per Murr's law, is just going to continue to increase and increase. But maybe I'm just a cynic. Well, I mean, like, Moore's law is dead now. Yeah, I mean, it's dead, but I think, like, the specifics of Moore's Law in terms of, like, you know, nanometers on chip design and things, 
you know, though that definitely is dead, but you know, the the ethos of Moore's law in terms mm. of technology getting faster and faster and enabling more technology enabling more advancements in technology itself is still something that I think think rings true. If you look at, you know, data processing power over the last like, you know, ten years, like I think it's still true. Like if you look at things like that, like yeah, maybe necessarily in like chip design and pure CPU cores and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which is what the law was like originally for. Mm-hmm. isn't necessarily true anymore but yeah yeah it's interesting for sure amazing so we had a, a very kind of wide-ranging conversation there we touched on a bunch of different topics and uh, i know you guys have been reaching out to us um, really encouraging that so hope you guys have enjoyed that um, next episode we'll be talking about longevity and we'll be sticking a little more to the science first and following up with a few more thoughts uh, and discussion about aging and longevity as a whole so stay tuned for that until then you know don't age too quick stay beautiful and we'll see you then ciao